NHL fantasy. What is going on, Shelfies? We are back again for another division preview. Me and Scotty Bist in the building. Coming at you live, August 8th, Tuesday. It's 256th podcast for Top Shelf Fantasy. We are a quarter of a century old. Uh, as always, follow us on X, a.k.a. Twitter. Shout out Elon Musk for that one. Instagram and Facebook at Top Shelf FNTSY. Check out the website, topshelffantasy.com. Uh, we should have a lot of stuff coming out in the next few days, weeks. We have our player picks coming up, our breakouts, busts, sleepers, all that good stuff. One of the most fun parts of the year, if you ask me. We've got um, the draft kit coming out, if it's not already out. Scotty, uh, I think we're real close on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, the actual kit itself is not out. Um, I'll have it up before the, the weekend. But... It- Everything's in there. We yeah, have, you can make it yourself. You yeah, know. we have rankings on the site. Uh, we have, I mean, the strength, strength of schedule, uh, bi-week cheat sheet, offensive line rankings, which I, I think is one of my favorite each year. Um, you yeah. know, here's the best offensive line. What's our strength of schedule? It's like, oh, shit, like, one team might have the best line and best strength of schedule. Like, that's a gold mine, which used to be the Colts back in the day. Um, yeah. Not the last couple of years, though. Yeah, who's it? It's been Philly the last couple, the top dogs, like almost every year for at least number one line, not necessarily strength of schedule. Um, yeah, yeah, right. So, a pretty weak schedule, minus, I guess, the skins are a pretty good defense every year. So, yeah, like, no, yeah, like Philly, uh, the Chiefs, um, like the Browns took a step down, but they're always top 10. Like, these teams usually know what to do to win. So, um, but yeah, go on the site under research. There's a bunch of stuff there. Um, and then one of the other big pieces of news I was going to say for the uh, listener league, we finally have part of our prize. Yeah, it's huge. God, uh, <laughs> Dow, I'll have you take that. Um, yeah, so Dow's is the up. one that did win it. Me and him were like going back and forth, like, dude, it sucks. We can't stay up to like 11 o'clock to do pristine auction, and we're taxing, like, dude, it's, it's 10 45. Let's just fucking do it. Yeah, thank God you kept me awake the uh, to to the end of the bidding, and it worked out nicely. Um, we got a nice a nice uh, prize for the winners: the Zay Flowers purple Baltimore Ravens signed jersey, uh, fully authenticated, the whole nine. And as always, there'll be some TSF swag included included in that prize bundle for the winner. But jersey looks great. Um, I mean, it's obviously not here yet, but hopefully it'll be here shortly, and I can get it all ready to go. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. Zay Flowers, I think, is a good one. It's probably one of the better uh, rookies in this class and hopefully has an opportunity to do something great in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, we're going through a bunch of different players, too, but I think that's a very – you get a young guy that should be around in the league for a long time. So um, Yeah, I kind of forgot that he's a BC product, too. Like That's kind of a nice little local connection for us up here. North yeah, East. yeah, it's true. All right. Um, with that, we'll get right into the news. Uh, newly signed Marlon Mack with the Cardinals injured leg and his help off the field. Uh, just what two or three days after? Yeah, literally. not that he was like go out and get this guy now, but I feel like everyone really you know likes and respects Marlon Mack as a person, as a player, as a lover. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I think he's a guy people want to see like succeed, and he just can't stay on the field. Yeah, uh, so that's that's kind of shitty. We'll move on quick, though. It's it's, it's just Marlon Mack. Uh, bigger news: Cream uh, Hunt meeting with the Colts and the Saints. Um, met with the Saints today. It pretty much was you know a done deal. Everyone's talking. All right, what's that offense going to look now? Hunt's there. Like with Jamal, um, the rookie. I can't forget. Um, Kendra Miller, Kamara when he gets back, and then it's. Oh, he leaves the Saints. He's driving. He's flying to Indy. Colts were aggressive. Um, a higher offer. So, I mean, if I, if I, if I'm hunt, I'm just taking the higher deal. Like, why be in a four-person backfield when, at the very worst, you're RB two on a team if JT's there week one. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking the better deal, probably you know money-wise, if I'm Cream Hunt. But if you're looking strictly on role 
case, I mean, sorry, uh, Indy with JT is such a better fit for, for what he can do. The problem is, does he want to be Kareem Hunt in Cleveland second fiddle to, um, you know, Nick Chubb slash JT again? Is he ready to play that role? I mean, we saw him do fantastic. We've, we've seen um, pass catching backs and, and Kareem Hunt's really kind of a do it all back, but he excels at catching the ball as well. Um, we've seen him have, have great careers in Indianapolis. So, uh, really interesting kind of wrinkle there with the Colts kind of coming in at the last second. Cause like you said, I think it was a foregone conclusion for a bit that it was going to be new Orleans. And I was kind of, I don't know, um, confused by it. I suppose like him and Kamara kind of do a lot of the same stuff. Well, um, but you'd have kind of two of the same back, which, which works, but you've got the rookie Kendra Miller there. You've got Jamal Williams there. A lot of mouths to feed. Um, I'm not sure if I'm a guy like Kareem Hunt, who, just last year was upset about his playing time in Cleveland. I'm not sure that I would go to New Orleans unless I'm just doing it on a money grab. So, um, yeah, I guess stay tuned. If he ends up in Indy, though, I think he'd be. I think you see his uh, his value fly up the board. I think he's a lot more value in that backfield than anywhere else, even with the the weaker O line. Yeah, um, I mean you're competing with Deion Jackson and um, Hall, the rookie there, instead of I suppose Kenyon Drake. <laughs> Drake too. I mean, like, yeah, they're bringing these guys in to eventually cut one person. But I mean, again, the Colts are saying, "Hey, look, we we sign Drake, we'll sign Hunt, like JT." Yep. You know, screw you. Um, but yeah, that too. If JT wants to hold out, can, yeah. uh, Kareem Hunt, assuming he hasn't lost a step since the last time we saw him play meaningful snaps, can do that role. You know, at yeah. least at or the they they. Both can, like you've seen, you know, Kenyon Drake in Baltimore last yeah. year, like Latavius, like these guys will have a role if, you know, people hold out. Um, did you ever talk about a running back holdout thing? Like you've got enough scabs out there that'll cross the line and play for a million bucks. Oh my God, there's so many of them. You don't have a lot of leverage. I mean, there's still, and think of all the guys that are still out there. I mean, I guess our next point, um, Zeke is still meeting with teams. Dalvin Cook is still out there. You've got other guys with, Fournette, Fournette Daryl Henderson, yeah. you know, we make fun of him why I want, but still, he was a serviceable back just a year ago. Right. Um. Yeah, you said uh, Zeke's meeting with Patriots, Cowboys. I, I think those are the top two teams with the Jets. Um, yeah, pr- probably the Jets has a backup plan if uh, Cook ends up going to Miami or some. Yeah, and I think with all the cap space, the uh, the Jets just created, they're going to be linked to like every single free agent at this point. Um, but yeah. who, who really knows? Uh, the the Patriots and Cowboys would be the most interesting. I think Patriots maybe even less interesting than the Cowboys if he goes back for a reunion with Dallas. Um, I don't know. It, it seems like it's not out of the question. And as of right now, according to today's depth chart, Rico Dowdle is the number two listed running back yeah. in the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Wh- so. <laughs> Which is something to talk about, too. Don't... I didn't even look at these depth charts at all. Um, they mean absolute jack shit. Like, Jameer Gibbs is RB3 in the team. Like, these are... Most of the times, these teams are kind of fucking with you. Like, Bill Belichick does it, too, with us. Like putting guys that might not even make the team as, you know, the starter for like left guard or like linebacker just to piss pe- people off. So they also change literally every single day. Yeah. And mostly their relevance is towards practice grouping. So like RB three on the depth chart, you're going with special teams today. So that means Wednesday we're going to practice yeah. with you know one of these guys in special team unit. Okay. That doesn't mean anything for Thursday's practice where he's the RB one. <laughs> yeah. Don't even read those at all the only thing i will read is week three of um preseason yeah that's when i'll see you know the actual backup or starter gonna go but um all right well what's next like i kind of blacked out here Uh, richardson and cj stroud have jumped up to towards taking a hundred percent of snaps with the first team units in their respective practices um, I figured that's a decent uh, point for both of these guys. CJ Stroud overtaking Davis Mills, Anthony Richardson overtaking Gardner Minshew, looking like the pure, clear day one starters. Um, the fact of the matter is, I believe Bryce Young is also taking 100%, but I think that was kind of assumed from day one with uh, the Panthers taking him 101, or well, 
as their top. Yeah, and they came out and said a couple weeks ago that he's a starter, anyways. Uh, yeah. With Richardson Strata was like, you know, Davis Mills is splitting reps, and yeah. which I didn't. That makes no sense to me. With Anthony Richardson, like him and Minshew, like, yeah, all right, I can see Minshew starting the season for a few yeah. games. Like that makes sense. Like he's yeah, I think the AR news is like the most significant. Yeah, this the Strata one. You're like, all right, <laughs> it's it's Davis Mills, guys. Come on. Um, one I, I tossed in. I just wanted to yeah, didn't there. even read this for so you you can take it. Yeah. So the Texans minority minority owner, whose name I don't even remember, is has been uh, accused and charged with standing trial for multiple rape, multiple sexual assault charges. And NFL.com has yet to report it. It's been the big the big talking point of the day, uh, especially after the Deshaun Watson um, let's say scandal. Jesus. The fact that they have another one with an actual owner of the team uh, who were you know linked to a, a lot of malfeasance throughout the entire Deshaun Watson ordeal. Uh, just thought it was interesting to see the disarray going on with that entire organization, um, especially on the back end of, of a coaching change, a new star quarterback coming in uh, kind of explains the mass exodus of a lot of the veteran guys. Uh, just something to look at. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I don't know what impact it really has other than potential player movement um, guys that want to stay clear of that versus guys that are choosing to go there. That's all. It's all conjecture. But the interesting point was the NFL just being a piece of shit again and refusing to acknowledge any wrongdoing on the part of their owners while they're be the first people to uh, crucify their players. That's why I toss it in there. Money, 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 money. <laughs> yeah. That's the difference between billionaires and millionaires, right? <laughs> it, it, it is. Um, all right. Back to better news. Um, not better news, but B. John R- R- Robinson lists as the third RB. On the Falcons depth chart again, we just talked about this. Non-issue. Throw it out. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, a... you can miss Cordero Patterson number one, and I still think he's the most likely cut candidate yeah. out of him, Algier, and even Caleb Huntley, who might not even still be on the team. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where Huntley is now, but uh, Patterson's there if he's playing more slot waters here, which I think he's lining up a lot. Um. If not, you cut them. You save a little cap space. Like, we'll add it someplace else on the team. Um, I wouldn't and, be surprised to see him go back to special teams as well. Uh, he still seems to have some juice back there. So yeah, I, I mean, the thing with him, I think he's he's not getting cut. Is he can do a little bit of everything? Yeah, like 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 you all right, you play wide receiver this day. Sure, I got you. Like him with the Pats, we just I I wish we used him right when he was here because he goes right to Atlanta a few years later and he's fucking awesome. Like, oh, this guy can catch the ball and run. Yeah. Not like great between the tackles, but you know, a little, little change of pace guy. To kill fucking Harry signs with the Vikings. All right. Um <laughs> that, that's it. You're gonna be a great blocker. Yeah, I mean if he's even yeah. Uh, awesome. sleeper's got him trending up, so don't pick him up. Uh Hawkinson still not at practice with contracts dispute i think this is really quiet because i really haven't seen a lot about this and i forget who brought it up if it was you last week on our, yeah, our group chat on it's like um you just gotta pay the dude you didn't trade for him to not pay him right that's what you said like you traded for him you're gonna pay him like he's on a running back he's a top five tight end in the nfl like he probably sees you know what evan ingram got um, yeah. give me that plus a million a year or a right. little more incentive stuff, but um, and not fantasy news, but uh, Jadavian uh, Clowney uh, visited the Ravens today, so that'll be a nice little addition there. Yeah, they always just uh seem to get their hands on talented pass rushers, so um, I know I know he was a little upset last year with his usage in Cleveland opposite uh. Miles Garrett, he said he wasn't getting the good reps. So we'll see what he can get in um, in Baltimore with a, a team that also, you know, funnels guys in and out. You've got a Dafe Owe there. You've got just a, just a, a, a stellar defensive line. I don't know if Calais Campbell is still there or not, but in any case, no yeah, matter what. I, I don't think so. They're, they've always been a team that has like seven guys that do the same thing. So, um, yeah, we'll see. It'd be a nice fit. No, yeah, well, especially when you draft. Pat Queen to try to do a lot of that. It's like shit. We got to get these vets back. Yep. All right, 
let's move on to what we're uh, doing the podcast for AFC West division preview. Um, a little long with the news, but we haven't done news in a bit. So it's good to kind of touch on that. We have um, on paper last year was the best division, I think of all time. And it just wasn't, I mean, the chiefs Super Bowl champs, of course, um, you had the Raiders, which were pretty much a shit show. Chargers were fine, ten and seven. Then the Broncos at five and twelve were that was one of the I don't know worst things I've seen in a long time. You for, had people for, for a franchise, included, like myself included, calling the Broncos the dark horse to win the Super Bowl last year, and then they just came out and laid an egg. I mean, Hackett couldn't hack it; he's out, and hopefully, you know, this year turns it around, but. Um, the Raiders are another one. I think they they underperformed, but they were probably the least favorite going into that year. So they're probably fourth, yeah. Even with Devontae Adams, to get a pass. yeah. But I mean, like at least they were able to put up fantasy stats for okay. their top guys. Denver was the well. We're talking about Denver. Let's talk about the worst team. Five and twelve. Yeah. The Broncos. Um, this year it's going to be a very different. Sean Payton is back in the NFL. His first season. Um, as well as the new OC and Joe Lombardi. So that's pretty huge there. Um, and Lombardi's who he was with in uh, New Orleans all those years ago. Right. So that should be good, I guess, for a uh, coaching staff. It should be really good for whoever gets that exposition wide receiver role. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. Whether it's, whether it's Sutton, Judy, uh, or somebody else. Um, I'd be real, real happy if I find that that Michael Thomas role. Yeah, same. Which I think would be Judy, but um, we'll get to that. Russell Wilson, of course, is coming back. Um, disastrous season for him last season. He still finished like decent, like RB uh, QB sixteen. But you thought he was me a QB one all year. Those numbers were kind of padded uh, last, like I think four or five weeks. He kind of turned it around and played well. Um, kind of like nothing to lose mentality, but a, a disastrous season, 16 touchdowns, 11 picks, only 277 r- rushing yards. Just, that's just, just abysmal for a, a team surrounded by so much talent, um, at least for the receiving core. I mean, they had what, four or five tight ends there that could have started on almost any other team. Um, so we'll go to the, t- the tight ends first. Greg, Dolchich, um, the rookie last year, had a fine season. Um, well, tied in 30. I, is that just because he came in late or something? Yeah, he, didn't, hurt? he didn't play right off the rip. I think yeah. he has played, but he wasn't really the starter. Oh, he, uh, he, so he played 10 games, so probably more like six or seven games, actually, like NFL-wise. Yeah, it took him a while to move on from Albert O. Uh, <laughs> and he just showed that he could not hack it, apparently. Uh, he was supposed to be the, the big thing. You know, people were considering him a sleeper at the tight end position, and he just didn't pan out. Now he probably won't even see a rep this year. Um, but, you know, that's what you get after your team is the 32nd ranked scoring offense in the league. Uh, not a lot of contributions. And, uh, you know, we all made a joke out of it last year with Russell Wilson and the number of bathrooms in his house and how he had more bathrooms than touchdowns. But that went through like week like 13. So well, so it was twelve touchdowns or twelve bathrooms, right? So yeah. he gets sixteen touchdowns. So and I said like the last <laughs> four weeks was like kind of padded, you know. Right. Um, so that is like it was like a joke, like week six. <laughs> like oh my god, it's actually an actual thing. Um, yeah, Alberto was a huge sleeper last year. Um, someone I stayed away from because. It was too it was too high, and like Russell Wilson doesn't really throw the tight ends. He did. I mean, Dolchich had a fine year. He's probably a, a top twelve tight end drafted this season already. But they bring in I don't have it here. I think it did this a couple weeks ago. Um, pretty sure they brought in Adam Troutman too from the uh, Saints. So Alberto just gets pushed, you know, lower and like he was a healthy scratch, and they dressed four tight ends a week. <laughs> like that's yeah, like that's, numerous. That's not good. Scratch, which is saying quite a bit. All right. Um, it is kind of sad because I do have Tim Patrick on this grayed out because he didn't play last year. Uh, gray out again because he got hurt. 
we talked about that last week, so we won't go too far into that. But um, it just solidifies, you know, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy as the definite top two re- receivers. Uh, that helps Marvin Mims a bit too. Again, uh, KJ Hamler's also off the team. You could be signed again and toss on the NFI. But um, I mean, Judy was for twenty one last year uh, in a season where. This team was horrible, so I I, I think that Wider Spirit twenty one can really flirt with Wider Spirit twelve this season. Yeah, especially if he can absorb that uh, previous Saints Michael Thomas role. I mean, if Michael Thomas can run a slant for one hundred and fifty catches in a season, I don't see any reason Jerry Judy can't. So, um, I would, I mean, I love his prospects for this year. I, I think it's all looking up. Um, like you just got to put it on the field at this point. It, it's. Everything is on there on paper. If Javante Williams is healthy as well, that's a huge bonus. If not, you've got the pieces behind him to at least, you know, stem the tide till he's back in full. But it looked this way last year, and it just never made its way to the field. So, um, I, I don't know. If we're talking redraft leagues, I'm hesitant to buy a lot of Broncos until I kind of see anything out of them. But by the time I see anything, it's going to be too late to buy them in, in redraft because redraft will be over and then their prices will be too high. Right. Um, I think the only person I would – not the only person. I mean, I'd be happy to have Jerry Judy on my team in any redraft league. But one of the guys that I would I would still take a shot on is Russell Wilson in all two, Q, uh, two QB formats. I'd be super happy to have him as my QB two. I would even still draft him as, as a, a back-end QB one. I think he gets back on track. Um, I know there's a lot of talk last year about Russell Wilson's lost a step. I just, I'm choosing whether it's uh, a bias or, or something else. Uh, I'm choosing to put the blame on Hackett and, and the offense and give Russell Wilson a pass for one year. We have not seen that level of incompetence out of Russell Wilson. And uh, I, I think he gets back on track this year. So I think that's one guy I'll, I'll, I'll put my faith behind. Maybe I'll even make him my bounce back. It's tough to do a bounce back at the quarterback position, but. <laughs> yeah, but. You can like like he could be right in that threshold of you know Aaron Rodgers, Kurt Cousins, uh, Geno Smith. Like yeah. they're all around there, and one of them is going to be you know back in quarterback one. It just depends who it is. Um, great news for Javante Williams, though. Um, it sounds like he's going to even be playing in a preseason game. Uh, I know he was kind of there with like Brees Hall, like, oh, he won't be back in time. And he's just peeling extremely better than Brees Hall. And I don't know what the severity of his compared to Brees Hall's injury was. Um, but he's still going low. The second he touches the preseason field, um, he goes from, you know, ADP, RB, what is it, 24 now into probably RB 15, 16. Um, so you're getting this guy in like the eighth to tenth round and a lot of um mock drafts and drafts now that are happening this weekend. So um get him while he's cheap now because he's just gonna, you know, go up. Yeah, I can't remember the the full I think he was an ACL and an LCL. I can't remember the, the full scope. I, I remember thinking he was pretty significant. So um if he's back, that's great. Um the one thing I forgot to mention at the top, you mentioned Brees Hall, it reminded me uh Hard Knock starts tonight. We have to remember our huge um, deal with with HBO Max. <laughs> Plug that. Oh shit! That's right. Yeah, it starts in uh seventeen. Been all right. So this is uh done then. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but um, with Javante, um, a great insurance ad was Samaj Piran. Um, sneaky guy. I mean, you saw what he did with Joe Mixon going down the last c- couple years. Can fill right in there as as worst case scenario a flex RB three play, but this is a guy that I, I mean they signed him almost day one of free agency. I think that says a lot. Um, sure they brought in Tony Jones Jr., but it's mainly because you know old Saints guy. Uh, Tyler Beatty is still there, but they don't have much. Where I think if Javante gets eased in, um, which he could. I mean, I think it's smart too. P Ryan could be a fine at least the first couple of weeks and then probably the top top three or five handcuff in the NFL. 
Yeah, the uh, the other interesting add as far as the running game is concerned is that they brought over Michael Burton um, from the Chiefs, who is a fantastic fullback. And um, I believe, if I recall correctly, Javante Williams is very familiar with running behind a fullback. So that could be a nice little addition for him, also keeping people off his back. Uh, they also lost Andrew Beck, who they used a lot last year in a lot of different packages at the fullback position. So um, Michael Burton, while not necessarily a fantasy relevant player for any format, unless you have to start a fullback for some reason, um, if that's your format, please give me a call. I'd love to be in that league. Um, he could open up the running back value even more for both for both Williams and Samaj Piran. And I think you hit the nail on the head with Piran, like, if there's any sort of lingering issue for Williams, I would be stoked to have P Ryan on my bench ready to go. Um, it's almost to me like a necessary handcuff, even in, even in redraft formats. Yep. All right. Uh, probably talked too much about this shit Broncos, but um, I know this isn't an order Dows, but do you want to take the next one? Start with the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders. Uh, six and 11 last year. Definitely a letdown for what that team expected to do, but a very positive sign, at least out of Josh Jacobs, who dominated the NFL from the running back position. Uh, Unfortunately, they are at a contract standstill, so we're kind of still figuring out what's going to happen on on that front, whether it's going to be Amir Abdullah, Zamir White. Um, I'm not sure if they brought in another rookie running back. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um they're definitely an interesting spot right now for any running back prospect i'm so, kind of surprised we haven't heard the uh the, the zeke elliott or um dalvin cook rumors to maybe end up in in vegas right now with the the josh jacobs situation but uh beyond that i think if josh jacobs crosses the line and does play a full 17 games he's still on on track to repeat his season from from a year ago so um definitely a a, a, a guy that i'd be happy to draft almost assuming that he's going to play. I really don't think he holds out for a whole season. Um, beyond that, one of the biggest players that we, we're going to have to see how he can jive with his new quarterback is Devonta Adams. Um, you know, they paid him a fortune a year ago. We thought it was to link up Derek Carr and Devonta Adams, and they'd be together for probably the rest of each of their careers. That did not turn out to be the case. And now Jimmy Garoppolo comes over from the Niners, and we're going to see – if they can get it together. I mean, we've seen Jimmy support wide receivers in the past. The problem is we haven't really seen him do it the way Devonta Adams does it with the deep ball on a regular basis. Um, you know, the guys he's supported at a high level were Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and guys that kind of play that intermediate over the middle kind of, not even gadgety, but closer to the line of scrimmage type thing where Devonta Adams is a down the field, throw the ball, let me go get it kind of guy. So be real interesting to see how they, how they mix in, if they can succeed together, I guess. Um, the other big departure is is Darren Waller. Um, they let him go. I would say somewhat surprisingly let him go from what he's done for the team for all these years. Uh, simultaneously, they they lose Foster Moreau. Um, and, I mean, it's it's certainly interesting, just to say the least, uh, to let two of your tight ends go that have been with you in your system for a while, especially in Josh McDaniel's offense that we see use two tight ends, but they did replace them with Austin Hooper and the rookie Michael Meyer. So maybe that's his plan. Um, you know, cut cost a bit, get most of what they provide replaced and, and maybe give Jimmy a couple targets to throw to, because as I mentioned, he doesn't really use the deep down the field wide receiver, but we have seen Jimmy use tight ends every single year of his career, every single time he's on the field. So the more the merrier at that position for JG. Yeah. Um, I, it's going to be interesting to see what you said with Devontae Adams and Jimmy G. Um, I mean, he's coming from just one of the best offensive teams. Well, a couple years, like just an offensive minded head coach, just a smart organization where you go to the Raiders. It's just been, you know, up and down the last, you know, 10 years. And it wasn't great last year, but you at least had Carr not giving a shit and chucking it down deep to Devontae Adams. But um, I think it's going to be fine. Like, like he'll be able to get something going with him. The good thing is he's in camp already. Um, You know, I know, you know, it it was, is he going to start week one? 
uh, when is he can be back? Like him and Purdy, you know, Garoppolo's there. He's getting reps in. I think that's massive for the entire team. It does suck. Josh Jacobs is not there, like you said, because once he comes back, it's like, all right, our game plan, you know, with Zamir White and Bren Bolden, that's out the window. Jacobs is back. Um, be nice to get, you know, your top three guys, you know, in sync. It's already August 8th. Like, that's only three weeks left till the start of the season. Yeah, three weeks. I mean, uh, no, no, four no, weeks. No. So there, there's three games. So yeah. this Thursday, next Thursday. Yeah. It's not a lot of time, is, is the point, because you've seen how long it takes NFL offenses to gel together. So every day that he's not at practice is, is one day that they're behind the rest of the league. And the last thing they need is to be fighting an uphill battle in this division where they are already the underdogs, I think. Um, well, we usually get to that at the end. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. All right. Um, not sure if you said the vacated targets, but 191. Uh, vacated rush attempts, 43. Um, 191 uh, targets to spread around to Dorsett, DeAndre Carter, and Cam Sims, and specifically Jacoby Myers. Um, that's a lot to go around. I mean, even if Myers comes in and is a baller and has 150 targets, I mean, we start talking about 40 targets to spread around. And I know I do think Hunter Renfro playing a full season will eat a lot of those. I, I should mention that he was hurt a lot of last year. Missed a lot of time, so um, I, I definitely say, think you see him play an expanded role and eat some of those targets, but there's a lot of looks that can go to Jacoby Myers, and I think that's something that that a lot of people, even if he's technically the wide receiver three, I mean, we talked about the depth chart thing at the top of the podcast, even if he's listed as the third wide receiver on the depth chart, like Jacoby Myers is a guy that I would really be interested in in uh in taking a shot on maybe even a little early ahead of his adp in, in, if i'm doing drafts right now um a guy who consistently plays a lot of games a year doesn't miss a lot of time and and puts up numbers with really bad quarterback play throughout his career at this point so um i, I think jimmy g is arguably the best quarterback he will have played with in his crack because i don't think he overlapped with brady right he did oh he did one year one okay. year sometimes yeah. the one year of brady then my yeah. point stands. And then Cam. <laughs> I thought it was Cam Mac Mac, but he has four years. You're right. So yeah. never mind. So you're saying Garoppolo is better than Brady, so we should have kept Garoppolo. Uh, <laughs> as a pip. Okay. I would right. never say that. Moving on. Right <laughs> uh the Chargers uh coming to uh second in the division last year with a ten seven record. Uh head coach still is Brandon Staley. Uh, new OC and Kellen Moore this year. Uh, this is why I like to have a Craig in this podcast because people, you know, talk about Kellen Moore for a bit and what he means to the team. I'm not, I'm not a great OC guy. Uh, yeah, Kellen bad, Moore, but... former offensive coordinator of the Cowboys. I really like those three wide sets. Um, that's really all I've got. Yeah, I mean, which makes sense with the addition of Quinton Johnson too. But um, got Justin Herbert, of course, under center. He got. Uh, Massive deal, highest paid player of all time. Um, last week, right? Two, two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks. Or do what? Like fifty-two oh million bucks. These contracts are just getting insane. Um, down year last year, but again, everyone in its division besides the Chiefs had a bad year. Um, you have Austin Eckler, who did come to an agreement with a deal. He's still pissed off, rightfully so. The guy deserves. Money RB one last year. I think the year before that he was RB one or two. Um, you have Josh Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, Larry Roundtree. So the run back room is the exact same as last year. Um, so I wouldn't, you know, assume Josh Kelly is the backup. Isaiah Spiller maybe takes a step up. I don't know. Don't really care. Um, wide receivers. I think it's interesting because you have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams getting older. Uh, Mike Williams banged up last year. Keenan Allen banged up last year. Uh, even when Mike Williams played, it was it was even tough to start him. Just a disaster of a season for the entire team. Uh, Keenan Allen, I, I I think can bounce back to wide receiver one if he plays full season. 
Um, he was registered for three overall from week eight on when he came back. But Quinton Johnson, I think, is is a really interesting add there for a rookie. I don't think he overtakes Mike Williams, but I think you can see what Dow just kind of joked about. Three wide receiver sets. I mean, you're going to see these three guys on the field a lot, and then probably the one tight end set in uh, Joe Leverett. Yeah, the the interesting thing is Quinton Johnston's body type, right? Like, he profiles as an outside wide receiver. So does Mike Williams. So are we talking about putting these guys on the outside with Keenan Williams over the middle? Maybe. I don't hate that. Uh, Does Keenan Allen want to do that? I don't know. Is it advisable to do that with Keenan Allen, who we've seen take a lot of hits and not really get up from him um, all that often? So he was – Keenan Allen was a cautionary tale the first few years. He was like, great player, always hurt. Then he went on a streak of like five straight years without an injury, played the whole season. It was great. And now he's 30. And we saw him never really come back from that hamstring last year. And he came back and he got hurt again. He came back and hurt again. Then he was finally back and he looked good. It's it's a question of faith, I suppose. And it's a question of player preference. And I love Keenan Allen. I always have. I think he's a fantastic player. But I'm, I'm at my wit's end with him. I will not draft him this year. I don't want any shares of him in any leagues. If I have him in a dynasty league at this age, I'm ready to move on from him. Um Mike Williams, much the same. Mike Williams got paid, he got, then he got hurt, and he didn't really play much, and he was ineffective when he was on the field, you know, minus the couple of huge highlight real catches that he makes and then hurts himself because he jumps up in the air and then lands horizontally on the ground and breaks his back into a million pieces. Now, do I think that means Quentin Johnston's going to leapfrog either one of them? No, not really. But Justin Herbert's going to throw the ball to somebody, and I think you could see – another world where it becomes the Josh Palmers, the Jalen Guytons of the world that the trade McKitty's even that just step up week after week. And you never really know who it's going to be. Um, you know, from a fantasy perspective, I think it's tough to buy into anybody on this team outside of Herbert and Eckler. Um, those guys, I think they're, I think they're locked in as long as Eckler's seeing 120 plus targets a season with 200 rush attempts, it's going to be hard to dethrone him as the RB one. Um, Justin Herbert gets the opportunity to throw the ball 50 plus times a game if he asks for it. So these guys are money in the bank, but as far as the receivers, despite all the talent, it's just so hard to pick one on a week by week basis, you know, from a fantasy football perspective, great for the NFL, great problem to have. If you're the chargers, terrible. If you're the fantasy guy. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm a huge Keown fan this season. Um, like I said before, I think he can, be wise for one again but like he i mean he was hurt last year he's getting older too so they're both injured prone which makes sense to get the quentin johnson now like once they're done you have hopefully a stud uh rookie receiver at that time i was Um, just so shocked that they didn't go and i think even on our mock draft we had like a zay flowers or jordan addison you know one of these like speed um, you know, dynamic types, not necessarily the Quentin Johnston body type, but hey, that's what they like. That's that's what they want to run. They're going to run it. Yep, I agree. Uh, I don't even can... disagree about Keenan. Allen. I think you're right. If he plays 17 games, he's a, he's a wide receiver one all day long. And we we always say you can't predict injuries, can't predict them. You can't really uh, justify moving your rankings around based on injuries that you imagine in your head. But it's hard for me to see a world where Keenan Allen give you 17 games this year, and I think I think I have a bias against it, and just from last year and just yeah. getting absolutely. I, I mean, when you're 31 and coming off of the season being hurt, it's not like you're 25. It's like, all right, you take that last season, right. it's a wash. Like you, you know, you're young. Yeah. Now it's like, I mean, plays you know the full season. You know, he might play a little differently to last longer. You know, you just don't know. Well, and the problem too is he's the absolute epitome of that guy that the whole week of practice he's banged up and then he's good on Friday, he plays on Sunday, and then he's hurt again after one try. Mm-hmm. Just put you in my lineup, dude. So, Actually, that's a, an interesting point. We're doing that in Red Dog this year. Or we'll, what? It's a vote. Um, if you have a guy who is injured in the first quarter of a game, Love I think it. we're going to say twice a year you're allowed to sub uh, another player off of your bench in as long as you notify the 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 um, commissioner. So that does that player on your bench? He can't have can't have played yet, right? Can't have played. Cannot have played. Correct. So like Monday night, it's like if you are worried, you pick up you know yeah. 
uh, the backup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we talked about that a lot the last two years, and I'm glad that you guys are actually um, putting that into effect because hopefully if that works in your league, it's going to work in other people's leagues because you want to take luck out of fantasy. That's one massive thing to start with is just that because just you alone, how many times last year did you get – I mean, you – I what, changed my team. What name. was your team name? Weekly first quarter injuries. Yeah, it was every week. Every week I lost the player. Yeah, if it was it was, it was James Connor. I think all your James Connor, Jerry wide receivers Judy multiple times. Um, Lamar Jackson twice. I think. Uh, I mean, so many times. And I mean, redraft. I think it's one thing. Dynasty is a little trickier if we were to institute a rule like that, just because we carry such deep benches. Like, yeah, I'm going to have a quarterback. I can sub in. Plus the salary too. So it's like, you don't like, oh, you, you, you can't pick up someone up that day because our league doesn't right, allow right. it. But redraft, I think that's a smart move. I'll bring it up to our Antoine. Um, yeah. It still has to pass a vote. Next, really? You know how the, you know how the red uh, dogs. People, it, it, it's not even that people hate change. Even if it's the right thing to do. They've done something for so long. They don't even think about it, if it's good or not. People just hate change. And to actually change something takes. This is give me a vote. We probably vote on for three years. And in the third year, it's like, wow, why did I say no? Yeah. Last time I was because you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. It's just, now it's just, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you brag about it to your like other leagues of people that you talk to about fantasy football. And they go, oh, it's such a good idea. Like, yeah, I've always supported it. It's like, no, you voted against it three years. Yeah, ago. <laughs> Like 18 times. Are you sure? Are you sure? No, that yeah. That being you did. said, the new sleeper update sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. It's just I, one I of those. Lo- dark mode, man. Sleeper, please listen to my podcast. Dark mode. I can't do it. I can't read. Oh, so you never did dark mode before? No, on anything. I oh, shit. I yeah. So I, I was always dark mode sleeper. So it's just a different, like, you know, sliding instead of like clicking. Yeah, I have no idea. It's, it's the like, same kind of format ish for me. So yeah. that. That's what people are. Yeah. All right. So there's no option for that at all. No, I can't. Turn ah. it I'm like, I, I can't read anything. Don't text me in there. I can't see it. I've seen like 18 trades, too. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, they're all flawless, too. I'm surprised you. Uh, <laughs> no, oh, I'm <laughs> you're you're making out on this. All right. Um, <laughs> Let's get to the best team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Dallas. Yeah, you can start with this one because I started with the last one, but uh, fourteen and three record last year. Go. Yeah, fourteen and three, eleventh uh, in offensive touches, and then first in pretty much everything else offensive related points scored, yards, passing rank, um, rushing yards probably not as much because they don't really care about running the ball. Oh wait, they're eighth overall in rushing. Uh, sorry, that's rushing yards allowed. My apologies. Twentieth uh, in rushing yards um, game. So that that actually follows pretty logically, but. For a team that has been at the top of their division for for so long, they just continue to somehow get better without like massive splashes of added talent, right? Like they're only looking at um, 31 vacated rushing attempts and they are vacating 139 targets. But a lot of those targets are coming from Juju, who's going to really be, I don't want to say easily replaced, but... 101 targets went to him and he's a guy that you know doesn't leap off the page at you as have had a, having had a standout year last year and i think what you're going to see a lot more of is is that role filled by tandem whether that's between sky Moore in his second year an expanded role for Kadarius tony if he can stay healthy or the um seeming emergence uh, of justin ross from what we've seen at least in his involvement in minicamp so far um, or in training camp, I guess I should say. But these guys have been on the team now. It's not like there's going to be a big splash from a rookie. These guys have been linked to Patrick Mahomes for a while. Isaiah Pacheco showed that he can play. Jarek McKinnon's still there. CEH is still there. Even if you want to knock CEH's performance of late, I'll hear you out on it. But he's still on the team. He's still contributing. And he's right there. He's one injury away from a massively expanded role. So he's still really worth rostering, certainly in Dynasty, obviously. And then even in redraft, I, I, he should be on a team. Um, I, I don't see him sitting out on the on the waiver wire. And if he is, I will snag him uh, after I don't draft a, a quarterback in the 16th round, as I always don't. <laughs> um, I mean, but, and then like I said, Kadarius Moore, or sorry, Kadarius Tony, if he can stay healthy, Sky Moore, MVS, 
Justin Watson, even Noah Gray, all these, you know, generic white tight ends that they seem to pick up that can somehow dominate the league. Um, but what really matters is the Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey connection. And I think as long as they have that, it's going to be tough to dethrone the, the Chiefs, um, at least from the top of their division. And probably with the two of them, they're, they're looking at another deep playoff run at the least, I'll say. And I think you can pencil them in for the uh, AFC championship game, unless something goes wrong with either one of those two guys. But um, it's tough to say anything that hasn't been said about the Chiefs already. They're going to be a top-ranked offense. Um, Pat Mahomes is probably going to be quarterback one, two, maybe at the lowest three is his absolute floor. Um, I mean, Isaiah Pacheco, if he's on the field and healthy, ready to play, is probably uh, at the lowest in RB2. At the highest, he could be RB8, and it wouldn't even surprise me. Um, the, the receivers are the biggest question here, and I think everybody would agree with that. And it's not even that there is a question of talent. It's that there's eight of them, and they all get the ball at some point in the game. And, you know, you see on almost every Chiefs broadcast, uh, Pat Mahomes has completed a different pass to eight, 10, 12 different receivers. In the first on- quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, he's thrown 11 straight completions, not to the same guy twice in a row yet. So, um that's the biggest question, right? Is it going to be MVS this week? Is it going to be Sky Moore? Is it going to be Kadarius Tony? Nobody knows. And then next thing we know, it's midseason and they're signing somebody else with some imaginary budget that they just somehow found laying on the side of the road. And now that guy's catching balls. So until somebody can actually separate themselves on a consistent basis, I'm not going to be able to tell you who it is. For me, I'm probably still buying MVS before anybody else just as the safe bet. Um, Kadarius Tony is, is definitely a, a high ceiling, low floor guy. Sky Moore probably fits that same bill. Um, and Justin Ross is your absolute wild card. Um, I mean, I, I've seen the videos coming out of camp. It looks like he's involved. It looks like they're throwing him the ball out. They're getting him involved in short, medium, intermediate, deep, all this stuff routes. Doesn't look like the most crisp route runner to me, but I think he's going to be a go up and get it guy, which they have not really had on the outside for a long time. So if you can work that role in outside with Travis Kelsey doing the gadgety stuff up the middle or just being a big target and drawing attention in the middle of the field, there's just one more option for a team that doesn't need any more advantages. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, our mock draft last week, our mock draft podcast, I took MVS, I think the end of the second, so pretty much the first pick of the last round. Then Derek took J- Justin Ross like two picks later. So like you're seeing these kind of guys go that I mean, if everyone took a, a risk in the last round, I'm taking waters here from the Chiefs because someone's gonna hit. You know, it might not hit hit right. Sure, drop the guy. If one hits, you're you're fucking golden. Like yeah. to live with Pat and then like even MVS, like he'll have his weeks of just being dud, but like we saw him with Green Bay. That's what you're you're gonna get you're not gonna get a consistent you know wide receiver three every single week no you're gonna get the wide receiver one you know and then the wide receiver 85 the next week like he's just a you know a spark plug like big play that's kind of it but just with pat mahomes i think every single one of these receivers outside of justin watson uh, you know mvs sky Moore, canaris tony is being you know drafted way ahead of these guys even though he's hurt um, all talks is, is Pacheco and Tony are ready for week one. Um, that's just talk now. I mean, I, I I think Pacheco is Tony is a huge. I don't think he plays at all. Like if he does it, that's out of this world. But the thing is, if if Tony shows up and drops twenty points in week one, you can sell him. Like I I guarantee you can sell him right after that game, and somebody's gonna go, "Yep, I knew it. I knew yeah, he was because net." Next week, it's Sky Moore with a trick play. It's MVS with the 80-yard bomb. Like, Mahomes d- doesn't give a shit about yeah. these stats. Like, even Juju had a handful of games where he was, you know, cool. I started him. He hit. Yep. Other games, it's like he's not even, t- you know, getting the ball at all. Yeah. It's, it's Same with MVS. And that's the way good quarterbacks do it, you know? Um, it's like... Almost, you want to. I don't even want to compare him to Tom Brady because I think it's kind of played out at this point. But the way that you never knew which Patriots receiver to start, other than like Gronk, it's the same thing here. You never know who to start other than Kelsey. It's just 
go out and get it done with a bunch of more or less random guys, you know, who's the Dion branch, who's Troy Brown in, in this equation. It's, it's all, it's all of them, uh, you know, and they all have their games, but they're so inconsistent that it's so hard to play them. But like you said, it, when it comes down to the last round, what am I going to take one of these guys or KJ Hamler? Like easy decision, you know? Yep. She's pick, yeah. Yeah. Just pick the best team in the NFL and the best quarterback yeah. by far. They scored the most points. That means they scored the most touchdowns probably, which means pick their players. Yeah. And that's also what it comes down to is like, you're drafting these guys like later. I mean, any part of the draft, like I'm a big James Conner guy this year. Cardinals without Kyler's not going to be scoring a lot. So, you know, not a lot of touchdowns. You take the ceiling guys. Like I'm picking a chiefs guy and picking Quentin Johnson for the chargers. You know, Allen goes down. Like these guys are good. This team's going to score. I want to link my late round picks with that team. Right. And like, yeah, they're, they're bi-week fill-ins essentially at this point, but pick the bi-week fill-in that has the highest percentage chance of scoring a touchdown. Yep. That's what it, oh, then you have your opponent that week. Oh, you started so-and-so and they only beat me because you scored a touchdown with this round. Yeah. So I fucking picked them. I planned that, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Now beer me. I'm fucking confused right now. Yeah. Um. So r- real quick, we'll do this like real quick because I do want to get to um, your draft th- this weekend. But um, I think it's easy. Casey at yeah. one, charges at two. Broncos, Raiders. Raiders. All right. All right. That was easy. I, think I would right. have had it probably <laughs> the same way last year, except maybe Chargers and Broncos flipped. And this year, I'm, I'm not so bullish on the uh, yep. on the Broncos. So, um, yeah, I think it's kind of easy on this one. Yeah. Sorry. So you're drafting Saturday, which is pretty fucking early. But again, probably the only weekend that worked. How are you doing your draft order? So it's super flex. Oh, how are we determining the draft order? So determining the draft order, we are doing a series of events, um, points-based events. So the first one's going to be beer pong, shots, six cups. Um, I think it's six balls. And then most cups that you hit, however many points scored, um, whoever scores six points gets 10. And then on the way down from there, not sure what the tiebreaker is going to be. Tom seems to have figured that out. Um, so I brought up the tiebreaker. He told me not to worry about it. So we're good on that. Um, then we're doing flip cup to see, I think it's who can flip the most drink and flip the most cups in 30 seconds. I think originally we said 15 and I was like, we're going to have a lot of ties at two with 15 seconds. So yeah, um, expanded to 30. So it's drink and flip. Um, then we're doing, I believe it's cornhole three bags, most points. Um, I might try to expand that to four bags again, just for uh, a better chance. No one ties. Yeah, and avoid ties. Um, we were talking about adding in a trivia component today for Red Dog League history, um, potential things related to fantasy football, sports in general. Uh, and then I think I said I was going to throw in geography just to be a dick. So uh, <laughs> I think it might be three questions, and then you know whoever gets the most answers correct gets you know slotted points in in such and such order. Um, and then I believe there's a shotgun of a beer at the end for our ultimate tiebreaker. Um, and that'll just be time there. There's an obvious advantage to the guys like mango who we know delete shotguns. So, uh, hoping it doesn't come down or like Brickley who plays beer cup games yes. on the reg. So, yeah, so we'll see. Um, It'll be interesting. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. I mean, we were originally going to do a beer pong tournament for, for positioning, and then we decided to do kind of like the Olympiad instead. So it should be more fun. Yeah. I mean, I mean that sounds I, – I hope I can make it for some point on Saturday. Uh, yeah, I believe we're he, doing – It seems 2 like it's a 2 p.m. Mango asked today, he said, what time I supposed to be at Christmas? I said, 2 p.m. hard start. If you miss an event, you miss an event. You get a zero, and yeah. I'm not waiting for yep. anybody. So Because I know and, they're going – so I don't want to wait around for them to show up like, uh, you know, we do every single draft day. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> um, yeah, so us for Tuan. Um, we haven't even talked about it, but probably do the same thing. We do the the bingo um, power hour. Yeah, Tom suggested that for us. And I said, or what, are we just going to copy Tuan? That league's dead. 
<laughs> Go fuck yourself. Um, but yeah, if you're out there and want a thing to to do, um, do power bingo. Go on any bingo site. You toss in the sixty songs generates you know thirty lists. You toss them out, and you know you do a power, and the first one to finish is the first pick. It's fun. Yeah, just like entirely random. And that's what Tom suggested. He's like, let's just do a random one. I was like, we've been doing random for our whole lives. Let's do a, you know, something skill-based or have some influence over it. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just for like, draft order selection as well. I think we I should mention, like, right. this isn't draft order. And like, I can finish first and I can pick last if I want to. Yeah, I've always been a huge, you know, random. But, I mean, it's redraft. It's your home league. You're doing it for fun more than anything. Might as well make it fun. Like, dude, like, like, we go out camping for three days. Like, I guess that's our, our fun in the league. You, you guys are trying to make a full day, but fucking do beer pong, cornhole, all that shit. Who cares? Yeah. My, my other league is the one that we did the relay in last year, and we're doing that again this year. Oh, yeah. Off, um, shotgun, five dizzy bat spins. potato sack hop like i don't know 20 yards kick a soccer ball in a mini net uh three corn uh cornhole tosses get a little like nerf gun we had to shoot a target with um then you had to run like a slalom and then throw a football through a little like thing and then you had to do a mcgillicuddy's nip and then hit the timer and like fastest one to do all that one that was a blast it does sound, did you win? I came in third because I couldn't kick the soccer ball in the net. It took me like 20 <laughs> tries. Some of the kids that you should have seen, some of the more uh, heavy set guys in the league trying to do the potato sack one, they're falling down. Oh, the yeah. Their pants are off. We're laughing our asses off. That was a fun one. This year, yeah. we're doing something similar, but I know he said he's getting a putting green. So putting is definitely going to be part of it. I was like, I'm bringing my putter. And I was like, wait, should I bring my putter and then suck at putting? Or should I just use the one there and suck at putting? <laughs> this is my putter. I'm so good at it. Dude, this kid sucks at golf. This is horrible. <laughs> yeah, this kid brought some putter and took him 40 tries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, it's going to be real interesting drafting the, the Superflex format. It's only the second year we've been Superflex. So, um I don't know. I'm still not super familiar with it. I had like a middle of the road finish last year, but I also had a lot of injuries. Keenan Allen, shout out. Um, I guess we'll see. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, next week, uh, I'll make sure it's up on the website. I know everybody's interested in my drafts. Yeah. Well, don't give a shit about that. I want to see the the replay of all your beer games. Oh, yeah. We're gonna I don't care about your draft at all. I might bring a GoPro. But yeah, it'd be awesome. Wear it. So sweet. Don't do well. I'll just play him wearing a GoPro. <laughs> All right. Um, Dows, you can take us out. That's AFC West. Thank you guys for tuning in. Dows, to you. Stay Stay Top shelf fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay loose.